Grant, I really do think that Hollywood should hire us as pitchers. Not like actually throwing baseballs or anything like that. But yeah, we, well, we, no, we do let's, good. Be honest. let's be honest, you're more of a catcher. <laughs> Catch and release, really, is what I'm all about. In my oh, that visual life. is horrible. Oh, no. I'm sorry. So, uh, why say we that? We won't bring up felching at this point. We'll just... Grant, come on, just leave, leave it to people's imaginations, okay? They Santorum. Know that, Santorum. They, know, they know I catch and release. Let their minds wander. Let them fill in those gaps in however they want to. <laughs> just like your gap was filled. Oh, that's right. All right, well, welcome to our podcast. It's never going to happen again, everyone. Uh, no, I say that because you, I hear <laughs> through the grapevine of you know, friends of friends of friends, that you have this amazing pitch for Modern Family in its final season. Oh, right. Okay. So I had a dream the other night, and I had this dream that um, Jay, uh, Jay Pritchard, the, the, what is he, the, not the matriarch, he's the patriarch mm-hmm. of the Modern Family. This is the and, person that's done by... Um, Ed O'Neill. Ted Bundy? Nope, that's O'Neill, wrong. Yeah. Uh, what Al, Bun- and, Al Bundy? Al Bundy, yeah. <laughs> Ted Bundy was a very different character in in American Life. Yeah, he 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 wouldn't. Uh, Ted Bundy wouldn't have started a group called No Ma'am. He, he, he was very for women, just for women being dead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so much No Ma'am as No. I thought I had a joke there. I'm sorry, Grant. Continue on. <laughs> no tomorrow, ma'am. That's there we go. Because they're dead. Um, so, uh, I'm chewing gum. I gotta get rid of my gum. Yeah, you have to, cool. you have to spit that out, like, right now. Could you hear me chewing it? I could, yes. Yeah, why didn't you say something? I put it in my mouth. Well, I only kind of just picked up on it right now. I thought it was maybe some feedback or something that was going on. Yeah. You just um, being, just gnawing on that gum. Uh, okay, so, uh, Jay Pritchard sets up his, uh, he bought his burial plot, right? Sure. This is the plot, you know this has happened already in Modern Family, or this is part of your pitch? This is part of my pitch. He okay, has so bought, he's bought his he's burial, bought his burial plot. plot. Yes. And instead of letting his family pick out the gravestone, he picks out the gravestone and places it there with the engraving that he wants on it, you know, like loving grandfather, blah, 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 with his name and just the birth date. Okay. You know, yes. blank is the death date. So it's all set up in the grave. And one day he comes to his gravesite because he's visiting his gravesite. Uh huh. As you do, as you do, and he discovers that uh, it's been dug up. Somebody tried to rob his grave. How dare they! And so, and then of course shenanigans ensue. I, I love it. So, how are we making money off of this idea? We're not. We never make money off our ideas because we're bohemian. We're in this for the art. Yes, we're 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 like the characters of Rent. We're just so artistic that we can't pay our rent. Viva la vie bohème. That's that, that's right. There was a there was always there was a great um, this American Life story about that very plot point about a, a writer talking about how the fact that he hated that musical so much because of that very basic concept. It's like as as artistic as I got and as, as much as I was a writer and living in New York, you know what I always did? I pay my fucking rent. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Well, they weren't even living in a real place. They were paying rent in like a warehouse or something. I'm pretty sure they were actually just living in the storeroom of a Denny's. I think is how the actual plot point goes. That explains why everybody got AIDS. Correct, yep. I yep. mean, they get that moons over my hammy and you got AIDS, my friend. 
Did I ever tell you the time that I, uh, in college, I went to a Denny's after uh, a long night of, of, of partying? Grant, that is 99% of their customer base. So, yes, I'm not shocked by the fact that that's where you were. So I ordered my – I ordered a scrambled eggs with cheese and onions, hash browns, and sourdough toast. And then I promptly passed out on the table. <laughs> In the breakfast or had they even brought it to you yet? No, I I ordered it and then I would just – boom, I'm on the table. So they brought – my, my uh, roommate told me they brought the food and just said, I guess I'll box this up for him. <laughs> and, and then I, the next thing I remember, I'm in bed, right, in my dorm, and there's uh, Denny's right next to me in a box. Oh, don't I tell just, me you ate it. And then I just remember saying, "Oh my God, this is the greatest moment of my life." And I out, I grabbed it with my hands, the <sighs> eggs and everything, and just shoveled it in my mouth. Oh, like some sort of flesh spoon <laughs> that you used. Are you making fun of the entire Middle East? What? No. I'm, I'm making fun of the fact that you were, like, golem-like, hunched over your bed, drunk, and, like, consuming eggs dripping down, I'm presuming, your Gandalf beard. Well, let's... No, I didn't have a beard then because I was in theater, so I had to... I was mostly clean-shaving most of the time. <laughs> right. And in the door... And when also I was a free form... spirit and having sex with everyone, right? That's, That's what true. theater kids do? That's true. I Well, up until... Our second years told us that up until they were first years... Um, so one year earlier, all second years would have an orgy. They told us this. I think they were lying. What? Yeah, I think they're lying. But we, we heard stories about people in our class, like foursomes and fivesomes. (laughs) Nobody ever confirmed any of this, but Uh I was was only involved in twosomes. (laughs) Right. Uh, I was very lonesome in, in university. Are you lonesome tonight? <laughs> I uh, guess that would be a fun time. I just think that at a certain point in one of these like hyphen sums that we're talking about, I would kind of just be like that guy and be like, uh, what, what, "What do I do with my hands? What, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing." Well, it's um, I always used to say when it came to like more than a twosome, I always said, "I always dis- I disappoint one person. That's enough." I don't need to disappoint more people. Exactly. Uh, Well, talk about disappointing people, Grant. Welcome, everyone, to Whatever This Is. This is the podcast where we try and discover, well, whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I'm talking to Grant. Can I even come into your country, Tingly? Uh, You know that uh, California uh, has to do this real ID thing because the federal government is standardizing IDs. So uh, to get on a on a domestic flight, I have to get a real ID. That's what they call it, a real ID. So uh, you have to really break this down for me. So that's not mm-hmm. not your driver's license. This is a, exactly. a separate form of ID that is also separate from your well, no, uh, I have passport. To up, I have to upgrade my. If I have a passport, I'm fine. Okay. Which my passport has expired, I believe. Oh boy. So passports are fine. And what I might do is I might just renew my passport. That might just be easier for me because right. to get my real ID, I need. Like an like an electricity bill with my name on it, which mm. I don't pay any bills with my names on it. Like my my the bills I pay have right. other people's names on them. You're still in that storeroom of the Denny's. Well, of course. Mm-hmm. Where else would I be? <laughs> exactly. Um. So and and so I I also need a birth certificate, which my birth certificate has fallen apart, 
In oh. Canada, your birth certificates are laminated and yes. like one card. Our birth certificates are like a page. And if you're Donald Trump, you need a long form birth certificate to prove anything. On, on acid uh, paper. So it just eats through that, that ink super quick. So I'm uh, I have to get a birth certificate. I have to get like all this stuff. So I think I might as well just renew my passport for like sixty bucks because I think it'll cost less than all this other stuff I'm required to get. Because if I don't have this real ID, I can't get on a domestic flight unless I have a passport. It needs to be a federally recognized identification. So if you have so the driver's license, everybody that has a driver's license or a, a state ID has to get upgraded to this real ID thing. Oh. So it'll it'll replace how much, how, everything. How much, yeah, how much money is that going to cost you if you went that Who route? Who knows? Who knows? But I mean, I have to pay like whatever amount of money for a birth certificate, right? And then I have to get a bill with my name on it, which will cost me some sort of amount of money. Who knows? Now, have you, know? you considered Grant? And I know this is an out there idea. Have you considered being rebirthed? Then, then you just I, get your certificate right there. I think my mother would have a problem with that because I'm a hundred and well, no, I I'm mean, 205 pounds right now. I don't I think mean, her uterus and her uterus, she has a hysterectomy, so she doesn't have a uterus anymore. Well, then it'd be easy. She can carry you like a handbag. <laughs> That'll be just, horrible if she has to. Just think if, about it. If she's carrying me with a handbag and still has to get a C-section. <laughs> just, just think about it. I mean, nine months <laughs> of your life living in your mother's out-of-body hysterectomy, I just don't see... I, I so think I'd, the best be, of both I'd be like I'd be like a roux. <laughs> you would be yes, yes, a uh, 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 yeah, concoction made in the kitchen. I mean, you're in oh, Denny's already. A baby kangaroo, you mother. Ever. Oh, I thought you meant like a roux, like a sauce. No. Oh, that's the Canadian in me coming out. I'm I'm I, I'm sorry. Um, if you've never listened to this podcast before, I have no okay, idea why you clicked on it. Let's not let's not cover any of the thirteen topics we have. Let's just keep talking about everything other than that. <laughs> that no, yeah, exactly. We have thirteen topics we're going to get to, and we're not going to talk about a single one of them. Now, if you never listened to our podcast, we do try and cover a bunch of things in the zeitgeist and in popular culture. Right now, we do have thirteen topics on this document. Not sure if we're actually going to get through every single one of them. My guess is no. Uh, but let's we're, just start we're going. Th- we're basically going to pick them out one by one. Each of us taking a turn. We yeah. aren't doing a game this week. We will not cover what Stewie's doing because I'm tired of what Stewie's doing, and we will cover what we're watching. So that's basically all we're doing this week: some topics yeah. and what we're watching. Okay. Well, let's jump into it then, Grant. I mean, the mm-hmm. not that I want to jump into this landmine of a topic again, but bringing up the Last Jedi apparently bombed in China. <laughs> well, it they call it. A- It'll they call up, it a bomb. Twenty-eight point yeah. seven million dollars opening weekend, and it dropped to two point four million dollars the following weekend. That's a shocking ninety-two percent drop for a sequel, which has performed well everywhere else. So I I, I understand that it looks like a bomb. Um, it looks like a bomb. I, it smells like a bomb. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talked we talked about this when we discussed the movie about how. The originals and the prequels were never released in China. So there's no fan base there. There's no built-in fan base. And it's not like this series does not rely on a whole bunch of nostalgia to understand kind of what's going on in these in these movies. Well, let's take a look at <clears throat> this uh, Force Awakens in China. Um, initial release bringing in more than $50 million. Mm-hmm. In the opening weekend, the second second weekend was not nearly as exciting, resulting in a seventy two percent drop. So there's okay. history for this. Sure. 
So it could be just that the people in China just do not like Star Wars movies. And I would almost hazard to guess, this is a gross generalization, I realize, but any of like the big summer, like the blockbuster films that I've seen China produce are usually like, I don't know, like monster flicks and like really end of the world type stuff. They're not, and this is, well, yes, like uh, in essence, a blockbuster popcorn film. I think there was a lot of subtext and uh, and and internal turmoil. I just, I don't know how much that would translate to an international audience necessarily. Well, what we're going to get in China is we're going to get a huge release for Pacific Rim Insurgents. And that's probably why they made the second film. Speaking of Star Wars, John sure. Boyega is headlining that film, and yeah. it's probably going to be one of the biggest movies of the year this year in China, especially for an international film in China, not a Chinese-based film. I'm excited. I saw the trailer before 12 Strong today, and I was like, damn. Please tell me why you went to see 12 Strong. Well, my dad wants to see any movie that's like, America, fuck yeah, yeah, and America. To, and just based yeah. on your letterbox review, I can see that it was a film. It it existed. Mm-hmm. It was. I gave it two and a half stars, but it had like it had one of my favorite actors in it, William Fickner. Oh my who gosh! I yeah, absolutely love. In a I leading role him. or just like a supporting role? Supporting role. He he's he's never had a leading role as far as I could tell. He had a TV show called Beyond Borders where he was the lead, and that was an international. Uh, I think it was NBC. French okay. co-production. <clears throat> How long did that uh, last for? I think two seasons, maybe three. Uh, it might have been the third season might have just been in in uh, France. I don't know. Mm. But it was about like a, a U.S. Uh, Interpol type of thing that went and solved crimes internationally and blah, blah, blah. Right. But Drive Angry. I love that movie, Drive Angry. And he's he plays the, the villain in Drive Angry. He, he he makes a great villain, no matter what he's what he's doing. And he had a small, tiny part in The Dark Knight. He did, basically replaying the character he played in in Heat. Oh man, I would pay good money to see William Fickner lead a movie. What we need is like Wheel, because I think he was in Wheel. Our tire. I, I don't know what that is. Our, what that one with the sentient oh, tire? Rubber. You're thinking rubber. Of. Yeah, I the think sentient he was in rubber. I think... the the sentient tire that rolls around and kills people. If I didn't know anything about the movie Rubber, but I knew a lot about William Fickner, I would put good money that William Fickner shows up in Rubber. I think Just because could, that's the type of movie that he would show up in. I think that William Fickner could very much in like the next five to ten years take on the role that, that Henry Dean Stanton did in his later years. Which he either A, shows up in these really interesting supporting roles or like independent films cast him a lot as a lead role. <laughs> I, I could see that happening. I've never seen Rubber, but William Fickner is in Rubber. You've never seen what? Rubber. Oh, okay. I did. I saw it in theaters, which is... So you knew that William Fickner was in it. That's what I said. I said, yes. I said Rubber, yes. I, I, I confirmed Oh, okay. I, I thought you were just confirming the movie that I was trying to figure out. Okay. Oh, gotcha. I would, I would love to see uh, William Fickner kind of like segue into... Um, wh- who's the guy that plays the... That was in The Visitor? Oh, um, the British guy. No, not the British guy. Uh, I'm blanking. Sorry. Sorry, Grant. You're going to have uh, to look it up. Uh, but I would, uh, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Thank like you. Richard Jenkins and J.K. Simmons roles. Yeah. I think William Fickner can easily segue into those character 
you know, like William Fickner could have easily done Whiplash, I think. I think you're probably right. Um, I think they still cast perfectly with who they got. I should well, say. Well, no, I know. I'm just saying that William Fickner could be the segue because uh, J.K. Simmons has massive guns now. He can no, he can no longer play a, a jazz ensemble teacher. That's right. I have to say, I do not know why I thought Richard Jenkins was British. <laughs> that, that's a completely boneheaded uh, thing that my mind just did. I will say this, and I agree with, I, I've seen this popping up in some articles I've been reading online, and it, even a couple of podcasts that are independent from one another, saying how Richard Jenkins is the best uh, actor in America right now, and goes completely unappreciated. And I have to kind of agree. <laughs> I think he's amazing at every role he's picked to do. Well, it's, it's uh, now I'm, I'm going to be blanking again. Uh, the guy that was in the BFG, Big Fucking Giant. Yeah, that, um, is, um, that is a British guy. <laughs> and, and he is a very underappreciated actor in, in, in the UK. So what we need is we need... Um, He's got a bunch of look- Tony Awards. I have not been looking that up. No, you'll have to do that. I really, I really thought you were going to look that up. Well, I, I apologize. Maybe, I should, maybe we should just call this the IMDB podcast. Where it's like, uh, you know that guy who's in the thing? Yeah, that guy. He's I, I, don't, I, I can't big fucking Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance, Mark by Rylance. the way. Mark Rylance and Richard Jenkins should do like a buddy cop movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I never thought I wanted to see something more than that movie that you just mentioned. Okay, Grant, let's go into pitching mode here again. So, what's the setup of this? They're two older cops, obviously, almost coming to the end of their term. And they, they both always say, I'm too old for this shit. Right, they're, t- they're they're they they both have the catchphrase. What's their last What's their last crime that they have to solve? And Richard Richard Jenkins is really into percussion, and Mark Rylance is really into to uh, riding his boat to get British soldiers off of Dunkirk. That's right, and then this big giant uh, appears. Big fucking giant. Big fucking giant comes, and then all of a sudden. These two stepbrothers show up and they have to deal with them. It's weird. Will, Fer- Will, Will Ferrell and uh, whatever the, the other Winona Ryder. It's Will Ferrell Winona and R- Winona Ryder, who are stepbrothers together. And where's uh, Sean Astin? This? Oh, he's dead. He died oh, he's at dead? the very. He died in the opening credits. He gets eaten by wolf creatures. He does. Yeah, gets eaten by wolf creatures, and then weirdly enough, starts uh, an underground football club or tr- tries to join it. Um, while he's being eaten by by wolves, it's a really odd choice that the director does. He doesn't does. get into the game until the last game, right? Correct, correct. When he's and a then ghost, his, his dad finally accepts him when he's a ghost playing football. And that's right. <clears throat> well, ghosts, ghosts are really able to penetrate that O line and get that sack because they can just pass through people. Yeah, are we talking about me again and catching and releasing, or is that? Well, no, we're talking about you again, really getting that sack. Yeah, that's what I meant. That was, that was my yeah. joke. Um, okay, Grant, what's your topic that you want to discuss? We have 12 more of these. I'm baffled by the fact that the li- there's a live-action Jetsons. Live-action Jetsons. Oh, why? And it's being filmed in front of a live studio audience. Shut your mouth. Isn't that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? Okay, break this down for me. I guess we had the live-action Flintstones back in the 90s, so I guess this isn't a con- totally out-there concept. You need yeah, but to that, tell that me, was a movie. Not filmed mean, in front of a live studio audience. You mean that's a movie? I thought you meant that this was a movie, a live-action movie. No, this is a TV series. What? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Now you really have to break this down. You need to tell me network, uh, people who have been cast, and showrunner. Uh, as far as I know, 
Uh, it's well, it's ABC, of course, because ABC likes to do weird shit. But nobody has been cast yet. It's in the it, there is a pilot put order in, which means come pilot season, which is coming up, they will film a pilot. What's William Fickner doing? What's William Fickner doing? No, I don't want to waste his talent. But if he wants to play Leroy, I'm on board with that. <laughs> he, he plays Leroy. William Fickner. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, I'm, I do, I'm totally not on board with this William at all. Fickner in Game of Thrones. That's what we need. Doing what, though? He needs I to guess. be somebody, a stranger that came across the ocean from America. The America uh, This is analog. the Highlander, Grant. You have to have a, an actual reason in some sort of house that he's leading or, or, or part of. Um, I hate this idea so very much, Grant. The Jetsons idea. This is the dumbest idea that ABC has had since the Inhumans. Watch this happen, though, Grant. We, we say this now. We're talking a big game. And then it proves to be like the biggest money-making thing that they've ever done in the last 10 years. Uh, but I think this is stupid. It's going to die after three episodes. I hope it doesn't make it past the pilot. That's what I hope. <laughs> because this is not streaming. Like streaming, they go, I'll give you a two, two seasons right away. Yeah. Like Netflix is like, okay, we'll give you two seasons. Hulu's like, we'll give you two seasons. But ABC and all these people, they do pilots. So hopefully it doesn't make it past the pilot stage. But you know what? What's that? Because of name recognition and all this reboot bullshit, it's going to make it past pilot stage and we're going to see episodes on TV. Well, the new Muppets got like 13 episodes before they canceled it. So I'm going to guess the same thing might happen here. Do you remember Muppets Tonight? I love that I show. I loved Muppets Tonight. I love that show. There is a joke that happened on that show that my family still quotes and busts up over. And it's the eagle, Sam the Eagle. My favorite Muppet, my favorite Muppet. Yeah, which is one of my favorite Muppets too. I don't know if number one, but definitely my top five. And he's dealing with a bunch of little pigs, like Muppet pigs. And he's telling, and they're like being rambunctious and stupid and they have their fingers in their ears. And he says, take your fingers out of your ears. And they keep mishearing him. And then finally he just turns to him and says, take your dingers out of your spears. And they're like, take our fingers out of our ears. And then they do it. And then hilarious, the, pe the people laugh. And that phrase, we literally, as a family, quote it to each other and laugh and laugh and laugh. And that's the whitest story I have. You know what the whitest story I have is? <laughs> What's that? Polka. What's the end. <laughs> just polka in general the yeah. end that's the fact it. that that uh, weird al was able to make a career off of polka that is the whitest thing i've ever heard of how many how many um weird al albums do you own cds uh at least five i own three i still love weird al can i say that is apparently legitimately the nicest guy in show business which is well no he, get, he gets better with age um that's what I people don't want to admit Okay. Well, I mean, I think he just does some good parodies. Yeah. And the great thing that he does, too, is he's actually a really good musician uh, in that a lot of people think that he just takes the actual track and then he sings over top of it. But he actually gets his own musicians to recreate the music for all of his parodies that he does. So he's like he, his musicians are really, really good that tour with him and, and record with him. Well, I, my favorite uh, part of every CD he does mm -hmm. is the polka mashup. Yeah, he just does you a know, bunch of like popular songs all in one. But my favorite song of his is an original called Albuquerque. Oh, Albuquerque's great. It goes on for 13 minutes, but it's really good. 
it's really good. It's better than Trapped in the Closet. Yeah. I think the fact is, is that it's it's my favorite type of comedy, which is that it feels like none of this is making sense, and then it finally comes back around to giving you the punchline. <laughs> um, and it always sounds like he's like an inch away from running out of air. Right, 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 right. Um, mm-hmm. I had a friend in university who, and she proved this to me. What? 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 Oh, yeah, sorry, I had a friend. Weird. I know. I had this friend, and she proved it to me in her old high school yearbook of how <laughs> one of her friends actually wrote out the entire lyrics of Albuquerque as the signature, which I thought wow. was hilarious. Um, uh, well, moving on here, Grant, I mean, X-Files. At, the, at I should this we rate, sh- it's going to take us five hours to get through these 13 oh, we're, we're, not getting, we're not getting all through these. Uh, the X-Files is no more Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson is gone. I have not seen a single second of the newest season. And, and she's also gone from American Gods. Yeah, and that, that was because of some weird behind-the-scenes stuff by the sounds of it. This is more so that she's just done. She's just like, I'm, I've done all I need to do with this. I don't think I can be Agent Scully anymore, and I'm out. I, I just hope that they end this season with a conclusion. Yes, please. That was what made me so angry in the in the last season that came out. It's like, we haven't seen the X-Files in whatever, 10 years. We're catching up with the agents. And then it's like, we're going to still end it on a stupid cliffhanger for you. So angry. Well, so far this season is better than last season. So you can take comfort in that. How many episodes have aired so far? 95. No, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they, a season of supernatural. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They, 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 they've basically been releasing seven a day um, for the last few weeks. A lot of filming they did. I guess Chris, Chris Carter just needed the money. You know what's? Uh, you know what? I, I, it's been, it's been back and forth for a while. But who has, who has been on the air longer, Grey's Anatomy or Supernatural? I think Grey's Anatomy, right? A hundred and ninety-two years it's been on oh, the air. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. hundred and ninety-two years. We're it was a stage the, show. Yeah. It started off in vaudeville, uh, yeah. weirdly. Like, the Marx Brothers the, were actually the on the Catskills, second season. In the Catskills, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no. Uh, the, the Marx Brothers? Shecky How Green old were they? was on it. Shecky Green was on an episode. Bella Lugosi was on an episode. Yeah, no. it's They were battling with Lucy when the, when the first... Uh, Season of that show is out. The weirdest thing is the main mm-hmm. character is 375 years old. She mm-hmm. has been doing this since the beginning. Correct. But, I mean, a, stem a lot cell. of that. Stem cells. Stem cells, but also a lot of that was uh, her under glass um, dead. They actually actually had wrote it in her contract that she needed to appear in 50 more episodes after she died. Well, yeah, like Lennon. It's just Not like John- Lennon. <laughs> well, John Lennon, too. Uh, it's just his, the horrible his... Lennon. His his wishes were never realized. Um, what do you think about? I mean, Gillian Anderson obviously is, I think, a phenomenal actress. I think her talents well, the, the are often underutilized, show. kind of like with the other actors we've been talking on in this episode. Uh, so I don't know. I'm glad that she's going off to other things. I just don't know what those are going to necessarily be currently. Well, more more series of the fall. Is that still going on? Yeah. Check Netflix, my friend. And then what the rumor is, is that Hannibal is not dead. Well, is Hannibal ever really dead, Grant? So what might happen is, in the next five to ten years, we might get a resurgence of the original Hannibal 
not the original Hannibal, the original Hannibal TV show with Hugh Dancy, Gillian Anderson, and Mads Mikkel, Michael, Mads Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, two things, Grant. Number one, I've only seen the first season of that show. Secondly, you are a twat. Okay, well, I guess you're bringing that word back. Uh, but secondly, uh, well, I don't say the you other are breaking word, up. So uh, you you sound like you're a robot. Oh, really? Yeah. Not now, better, but, you, but you, now? Did, you, did, you did there for like 30 seconds. I told you my connection is weird right now. I'm setting up a le- uh, desktop computer soon. So next time we record, I'll be on a desktop. I think William Fickner has heard all the things you've been talking about, and he's trying to get at you through through the frequencies. Like to make love to me because I'm so happy that William Fickner existed? Correct. Yes, that's right. I'll allow it. You sound like a robot again. Um, Grant, What uh, I, I'll say this, because we keep bringing up his name. I think it should be mentioned, and this this has been a rumor for like the last few months, but it was confirmed here this past week that Showcase Cinemas is going to bring The Dark Knight back for its 10th anniversary, and I cannot believe it's been 10 years since The Dark Knight came out. Yeah, it's been, it's been 10 years since uh, The Crystal Skull came out. And, That's also uh, being Harrison, re-released, but no one is allowed to see it. Harrison Ford is turning 76 this year. Uh-huh. How insane is that? My dad is 83, uh-huh. and he's like 90 years older than Harrison Ford. <laughs> well, well, sure. I mean, that's what Botox does for you, right? Well, and moving. And Well, yeah. And boning uh, whatever her name is. Uh, Allie McBeal. Calista Flockhart. Calista Flockhart, thank you. Callista Flock of Seagulls, I believe, is what her name is. I imagine her heart has the quaff. I don't know what that means. Hair. The hair of Flock of Seagulls. Oh, I see, I see. The swoop and the whoosh. The swoop and the whoosh. So is this something you're going to go and see? Uh, I don't have any showcase cinemas near me. Okay. I'm going to assume, because there's only two theater brands in Canada, that one of them is probably going to bring this out as a re-release. So I'll probably go and check it out again. This is still... One of the very, very few movies that for me, when I had finished watching it for the first time, I wanted to immediately go and buy a ticket to see it a second time. And I almost did. But I was with friends. I was like, that's kind of weird. But I totally probably would have (laughs) kind of got a second ticket, went back in and watched it again. So um, on top of that. Yes. On top of the Indiana Jones anniversary and talking about Harrison Ford turning 76 this year, Spielberg is apparently lining up Indiana Jones 5 as his next feature with weird. Harrison Ford. Unless – I don't know what other films he's working on right now because he just released The Post and I know that um, – Ready, Ready Player One is Ready next. Player One is next. And then usually it's another one for him. Like he does the for me, for you kind of – duology kind of going back and forth do you know if there's any other movies that are lined up for him oh for heaven's sakes just I say just no I'm, I'm looking i'm looking just uh fill some time okay i'm gonna look at steven steven universe because that was okay. the first thing that came up yeah go watch some steven universe steven universe is an american animated television series created by rebecca sugar oh and a female creator Good for her. It would have been nice if she created a, a TV series with a female uh, protagonist, but whatever. So the quick answer She's here, a... Grant, is that yes, he is already working on something. Uh, it's called the kidnapping. Well, I know that. I know the. I know the first script is done for Indiana Jones Five. I know that. Yeah, no, it's basically announced that it's for sure probably going to be what his next film is after. But Ready Player One comes out. 
in pre-production currently is the kidnapping of Edgardo Mortara, which the plot synopsis is thus. The treatment of a young Jewish boy forcibly raised as a Christian in 19th century Italy creates a furor which pits the papacy itself <laughs> against furor. forces of democracy and Italian unification. So that's why, is always, why is he always doing this stuff with Jews? Yeah, is Spielberg a Jew? But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, his name doesn't tip me off. Uh, but Mark Rylance is playing Pope Pius IX. So that's good. What are, what, are, what are the chances that Mark Rylance is in Indiana Jones 5? I would say 100%. 100% he's in there. Because is, much... is he in Ready Player One? Let's just see here. Let's just assume he is. I'm I assuming would... so. It's just like they can't Rylance... cast a movie without Mark Rylance now. Let's give Mark Rylance a scenery-chewing villain. Like Kate <laughs> Blanchett in Indiana Jones' Crystal Skull. Let's give Mark Rylance the scenery-chewing you know, like third, Fourth Reich, Fourth Reich villain. Go to like they go to Antarctica. I'm trying to think of what that would actually look like. Down there. Oh, and of course, oh, yes, on. Mark Rylance is in Ready Player One. He is playing I know the uh, James Halliday. So if you've read the, the the book, you'll know who that is. I already knew he was in it because I was I already did research, but I wanted you to find out on your own. I, I like Simon Pegg is in this movie to find too. Things out on your own. Yeah, Simon Pegg is in this movie too. I didn't know that. He, pl- he, uh, he probably isn't heavy uh, uh, prosthetics. Oh, so you're, you're talking about Simon Pegg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only We're person not- cast in, in, in the untitled Indiana Jones project is Harrison Ford. Now, if we reboot Indiana Jones, who should be the new Indiana Jones? I don't think we need to reboot it, but okay. If we had to reboot Indiana Jones... Um... I'm trying to think. I would say cast it with like a... How you go? Do you go oh, 20s? No. I mean, that's what Hollywood always wants to do. But what was... Harrison Ford was what? In his 30s? Probably back in... Well, let's do some quick math. Yes. He would have been in his 30s-ish. If he's 76 now, because the first film came out in like 82. Uh, so he would have been in his 30s. So I'm trying to think of some swashbuckler in his 30s. I got a 40s guy. Who's that? It's out of the box. Mm-hmm. Liev Schreiber. Whoa. Maybe I could see that. I could see. I that. like that. I, I like just don't that know lot. if his if his um, charisma is up there with Harrison Ford. Oh, Maybe. he has charisma. Yeah, I don't want it to be Chris Pratt. Let's put it that way, because because he's already booked into too many things. I want to get out of the 30s. Either we go back to the 20s, you know, and that would put him at. Uh, 30s was in the 40s, so that would take it back. You're talking decades, is what you're saying. Yeah, so it'd be the 30s decade with a 20 year old Indiana Jones. Okay, I see, I see. So uh, Liev Schreiber is 40s, so that would take it to the 50s decade. 50s wouldn't be bad. 50s could work with some uh, Soviet stuff. Well, no, it would also uh, work with the Nazis in South America. Oh, sure enough, yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any good ideas for you. I, I guess I don't know enough thirty-year-olds who work in Hollywood, who I think would be able to carry the let's, fedora. Oh, I know. Grant, let's just I assume know. Mark Rylance. Uh, damn it! You stole my joke. <laughs> William Fickner should take over. Actually, you know J. what they K. should Simmons. do? J.K. Simmons. <laughs> right, right. Um, 
Okay, oh. now we now we you and me have to write a movie with Mark Rylance, William Fickner, and J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, a buddy cop movie. No, I think well, they no, take William it. Fickner, all... William Fickner is either the no nonsense like captain mm-hmm. or the villain. Um, I have a better idea, Grant. Here okay. it is. They go way, way back. They they turn it back and they pick somebody who was supposed to be Indiana Jones in the first place. They cast River Tom Phoenix? Selleck. They cast oh. Tom Selleck. I thought you were gonna dig up River Phoenix. No, no, no. We get Tom Selleck, uh, mustache and all, and he comes and he is now Indiana Jones. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> well, that that's my idea. All right. All right, your turn, boss. Is it? I thought it was yours, but who cares? Um, Indiana Jones. I think that this is someone should do this, uh, but it's more funny for nerds than it is going to do any type of like social commentary or change. But comedian Sarah Benacasa, who I'm not that familiar with outside of Twitter, has offered three hundred dollars to any journalist who asks Trump his thoughts on U.S. Wakanda relations. I like I would pitch in. I give fifty dollars. Honestly, like a hundred bucks. <laughs> so you, you and think, I. What, what do you think? Honestly, would would be the fallout from that? Nothing. You, well, no. I, what what I mean is, what do you think Trump would respond with? Oh, he'd say, "We're working on it." Uh, I think we have uh, me and the Wakandan president. The Wakandan have people are good great... people. They're great people. They're the hugest people. And of course, some of them are rapists. They're Something not like going to be allowed. They're not going to be allowed in the U.S. We only want uh, people from Norway to show up here in Switzerland. Wakanda's in Africa. Is it in Africa? I don't know. Is it? It's a shithole country. So I don't want those people from those huts coming into my country and wanting a better life. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the. The uh, kingdom that Doctor Doom looks after, Wakovia, I think. No, that's not right. No, is it right? Latvia. Latvia. No, that's a real place. No, it's Latvia. Doctor Doom. Country. Latveria. I was close. You were close, but Latvia is a real place. <laughs> Latveria. Latveria. No. Yeah. Then you can talk about Latvia relations. Maybe we want people from there. I don't know. I think I think it's more funny in concept than it would be actually in practice. This reminds me a lot of um, Andy Kaufman routines that you hear about nowadays, and, and, and the stunts that he pulled in like the seventies and eighties. And in concept, I'm like, that's hilarious. But on the other end, I'd be like, I'd hate to be in the audience for him to do that. It'd be the worst experience. Reading the Great Gatsby, the entire book. Yeah, yeah. Again, funny in concept. I would not want to be in that audience. Well, no, like in retrospect, like if I could say I was in that audience when he did that, the cachet I would have right. would be immense. But in the moment, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, what's happening? And I would be pissed. I would be pissed. <laughs> Pissy and pissed, yeah. I would be so angry that he was doing that. But it's funny. Super funny. You know what's better than than Latvia? What's that? Labia. Sure. Yes. I I, uh, I guess I agree. 
Is that is that a segue to something we're talking about, or that's just your that's your punchline? No, I was I was just uh, trying to figure out a place with a more tropical climate. Oh my gosh! All right, well, why don't you pick something to talk about? So, Fire and Fury uh, is becoming a television series. Have you read it yet? I have it on audiobook. Uh huh. Who, who reads that? The author. Oh really? What's the author again? I'm Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf reads his own book, Fire and Fury. Uh, I have no desire to read this book. That's why I'm listening to it. <laughs> okay, well, you got me there. Do you put it on <laughs> while you're driving with your dad? Uh, no, I I, um, I put it on while I lay in bed completely nude. <laughs> and fully erect, yes. Well, whatever the problem is, whenever Michael Bannon, uh, no, Steve Bannon gets mentioned, I go flaccid. It's like... right. The ultimate, like if if I was with a with somebody and I wanted to last longer, I would think of Steve Bannon, which is weird because he kind of does look like a penis. Well, right, a her, kinda, herpetic penis, a herpetic penis for sure, but still a penis at the end of the day. You know, and his 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 face looks like it's rejecting its nose, like a syphilitic person. I think he just needs to moisturize. I think he needs to like eat a fruit. Or a vegetable. <laughs> Just one. He had a donut with jelly inside of it. That's basically a fruit. Yeah, I guess. But still, you know, just like a legitimate kiwi or something. Mm-hmm. Listen, That's go a to small the, fruit. Go to the body shop. Or maybe even like, I don't know. Do you have Lush down there in in America? Maybe, maybe nope, not. Nope. We have like Sephora. Go to Sephora. Go to Sephora. You go to some of the nice ladies that work in there. Uh, and some of the nice men. And you ask them for a regimen. You need a regimen for basically uh, Crypt Keeper skin consistency. And they'll hook you up. Very affordable. You run Breitbart News, or you did until very recently. You, you ran an, an entire organization. You helped the president get into the, into the Oval Office. I mean, you must have some sort of cushion there that you can... Um, yeah, you cushion can for the pushing. Yeah, just, you just moisturize that stuff up and then don't look like you're about to die. Uh, today I wore a coat that looked like a Steve Bannon coat. It's a really nice coat. I love it. I, I got it from Five Four Club. Um, advertisement, please give us money. Um, so, it's now okay, called so Menlo. I kind of cut you off here. So Fire and Fury was this book made, written by Mike Wolf, which by the sounds of it has a lot of true stuff in it and maybe some stuff that's slightly exaggerated about what went on in the Trump White House. Why are we talking about this? Okay, but it's becoming a TV series, like a Ugh. limited TV series. Basically, the funny thing is, is he, he went to Trump and said, let me into your uh, administration. I will write a book. And he's renowned for doing, like, takedown pieces. Mm-hmm. So if you knew anything about Michael Wolf, you wouldn't let him in your administration at all. Right. But he told Trump that it was going to be called The Great Transition. Right. Not Fire and Fury. So it's just glorious because everybody assumed everybody else allowed them to talk to Michael Wolf. It's one of those epic breakdowns that really stupid people make. Right. It sounds like more like there was just a breakdown in this entire campaign. I think, A, for very many reasons, Trump never expected to become president and never really wanted to become president. This was all about growing his brand. B, the people that were helping him and surrounding him and, and, and running uh, the campaign were also maybe not the m- smartest of people when it came to this type of decision-making. 
Cough, three. cough, Stephen Miller. Cough, cough. Right. Uh, people that are being indicted currently. And then thirdly, we have this Michael Wolf character who is not a sen- not very much loved in the journalistic community because of some of the practices that he does. Well, but he's he's one of those guys that does this is off the record and then puts prints, it on the whatever. record. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is why a lot of journalists don't like him because it kind of tarnishes the the profession a little bit. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> if there had been people that were uh, more educated or more in the know about this, there's no way he would have come within spitting distance of the White House. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Anyways, well, it's becoming this a is TV what show. Happens when you have when you have shitty uh, people around you, don't hire shitty people. There's no is... way that Michael Wolf would have been allowed in the Obama administration to write a book. I also don't think that there is a way that this is a good TV show. There, I, I just have an issue with making, uh, I don't know, fiction. There's, I don't know how to phrase this properly. I don't like making movies and stuff, non-documentary at least. That are takedown. Well, not just takedowns, but that we don't have the passage of time a little bit. We don't have the, well, the that's why double, way, like, way to look w- back on it, right? Like, W was a horrible movie. Right. I mean, W, I have no problem with making a movie about George W. Bush, but I think it should come, like, five years after his presidency is done because that's when you learn a bunch of stuff and you can put context into there and be like, hey, isn't this an interesting comment on where we are now? Uh, I I mean... I wouldn't say five years. I would say 20 years. Maybe. I mean, what I'm not saying is, like, take Vietnam, for instance. Yes, we can make movies about the Vietnam War and the experience of soldiers coming back, but I'd have an issue of making a movie about Watergate like the year after Watergate finished. If that makes sense. And now I have to look up when All the President's Men came out because apparently that's a great movie. But I, I still think that was after a few years of Watergate actually breaking. Alright. Well, what we have to talk about now yes. is John Wick is getting a TV series. This and will be a good TV. Now, is, is, is um, uh, oh my gosh. Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves. Is Keanu Reeves going to be in this? No, but Ian McShane probably will. No. <laughs> what? How? Well, he's in charge. Like, the, the whole series is going to be about the Continental, which is the hotel um, where people go in New York. By the way, to, I love like, that you it. make notes in this here on our shared document that says, no connection to the Christopher Walken sketch of the same name. My Boy, favorite I, ske- I would have thought for sure that he would show up. My favorite sketch on SNL is The Continental. They've done it a few times, but yeah. He's- oh, I, I love that sketch. If Christopher Walken is indicted with sexual harassment, I will right. die and cry. Yeah. Because the entire Continental is about sexual harassment. Yeah, I would. Also, it's about attempted rape. Let's be honest. It's about it, attempted. It's rape. about attempted rape, uh, but done very, very well. I will say though, if they did somehow cross over, that would please me to no end. Just, just have Christopher Walken walk in. Yeah, and be a, a an assassin. That'd be fine. But apparently, uh, Keanu Reeves is on to produce. He'll probably show up in the TV series at some point. Um, Ian McShane is the head of the Continental, so he'll probably star. And we've talked about this before. The universe building within the John Wick world has huge potential. Right. Huge potential. Lawrence Fishburne. Right? Sure, yeah. Lawrence Fish- Oh, 
Because of McShane. the Matrix? No, Lawrence Fishburne was in John Wick 2. He was in charge of, like, the homeless brigade. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of underworld connections with homeless people. Um, like, there, there are so many things that can be built in there. And the amount of assassins, like, in a world where assassins are prevalent, hired hired guns are huge. And the police kind of just go, oh, it's, you know, what, what can you do? Because, like, Thomas Sandowski is the policeman in John Wick and John Wick 2. And he's just like, oh, I guess you're working again, John Wick. <laughs> and he sees the dead body on the ground. He's like, all right, have fun. So police accept assassins. Yeah, there's there's some there's right? a lot of ways they can go about this. There's a lot of, um, like you said, world building within this fiction that I think is interesting for more stories to be told in. Now, do you think it's going to be called John Wick or is it going to be called The Continental? The Continental, sure. Okay. I think it's going to take place in New York and right. then have it'll it'll branch out because there are hotels that are neutral ground all over the world. In John Wick 2, you you see the Rome uh, hotel. Right. He stays at. Uh, and you see all the armors. Uh, you see the people that build bulletproof suits. You see this entire economy that is based upon assassins i mean they accidentally stumbled on one of the most fruitful shared universes like better than the mcu i hope that this incorporates bill and ted somehow that that is also part of the shared universe i think bill and ted 3 is still in the works let me see yeah i mean that other actor needs some work i'm I'm assuming no he does documentaries now does he really yeah like a director type thing yeah, he did uh, the Deep Web documentary. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, Bill and Ted 3, as opposed, in October of last year, the, uh, the title for Bill and Ted 3 is called Bill and Ted Face the Music. I have to revisit those films. It's been years since I've seen those. I wonder if they actually hold up or if they're just really, really bad. Well, Bill and Ted 1 mm-hmm. holds up. Bill and Ted 2... Uh oh, who who plays Death in Bill and Ted Two? He's one of my favorite actors. Bill I believe Ted. it's William Fickner. William Fickner. It's not. It's not Bill. It's uh, William Sadler. I, I figured I, it out. I don't know I who that it. is. Uh, William Sadler. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Google him right now. I'll wait. Alex Winter is the other guy uh, from Keanu Reeves. He does um, great documentaries. Uh, he was in The Lost Boys. He was one of those guys. Are you looking up William Sadler? Apparently he was on Roswell. Yeah, uh, he, he, he was in he was in the um, the movie about the guy that studied sex, and he oh, was Kinsey. a pedophile in the yeah, Shawshank Kinsey. Redemption. Die and, harder, die too. In Kinsey, die in too, Kinsey, in Kinsey he uh, claimed that he could achieve erection and ejaculate within thirty seconds. Yeah, and then he shows that he can. That's a weird movie, by the way. Well, you get to see Liam Neeson's wiener. That is true. He calls it his Schindler's List, which I think is really uncouth. Well, when when he's plowing somebody, he keeps yelling Auschwitz. Oh, come on. Come on. Too far. <laughs> well, you know, there's the rumor that uh, Liam Neeson has a massive wang, right? I did not, but thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> I really like the fact that I keep saying different words for cock. Mm-hmm. 
For, I think I've used like four now. For for tadlywaggers, yeah. Wangasaurus. <laughs> Does it have like like little spines on it somewhere? No, it has really short arms. Little short arms. Yeah, it looks like, literally looks like one of those little alien mouths coming out of the larger alien. It's like, Meow. oh no, that's horrible. Okay, let's pick one one more each, and then we can wrap this puppy so up. So out of the urethra, another mouth comes. Correct. Yes, and that's how he inseminates people. That is actually in the fiction of Taken. That is actually, that is documented. That's in canon. Wow. Um, last thing I just want to bring up here then is, I, I think this is a really weird story in that Saudi Arabia had, had banned movies. Like no movies could be shown there since the 80s. Since the early 80s, I actually think. But, uh, but now the crowned prince yeah. who has made it so that women can drive. Yeah, so he's he, really undoing he's, a lot of this stuff. He's modernizing the country. Yeah, to quite a degree. Now, I don't know if that was all movies or if they allowed, like, I don't know, like, Bollywood movies and stuff to show no, up they, there. No, they, they have to fit the religion. Okay. Anyways, the, the, the thing is that, for sure, nothing from the U.S. has been shown um, there, except for two movies this year, which was Captain Underpants and the Emoji Movie. The Emoji Movie being the first movie shown in Saudi Arabia since the 80s. And apparently what the reaction was is like, you know what? We're good. We don't actually need yeah. movies. So I think they tried to stone the screen. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I think me. they tried to stone the screen. They actually looked like that uh, that one emoji face that is trying to smile, uh, but is actually smirking, or uh, is, it, he's upside down. Like the, their heads actually physically turned 180 degrees because they they just hated it so much tj miller can no longer go to saudi arabia that's how bad it was received that has nothing to do with the emoji movie per se and more to the fact that he actually called their tallest building the wiz khalifa <laughs> oh wow that was a good joke you have good jokes sometimes <laughs> thank you <laughs> I try. It's like been 40 episodes is, since I've been able to get Grant to laugh. So I finally did it. Well, you bring in Wiz Khalifa. Is he on lean or is that the other guy? I have no idea what that is. That's like cough syrup and like Valium or something okay. combined with Sprite. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I'll take some. Anna Ferris is not allowed. Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom, not yeah. allowed. Maya Rudolph is not allowed. Patrick Stewart, even though he's in the movie, is allowed in every country. He's the only person with a with a passport in every country of the of the world. Did you know that? Yeah, he just uh, he basically goes up to people and like, come on, and they yeah. say, oh yeah, sure, all right. He's covered in blood. There's a dead body on the ground. The police come. He's like, hey, I'm Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Apparently, he's go, from New York now. <laughs> and they go, oh, Patrick. Oh, Marmaduke. And he's like, make it so. And then credits roll as everyone laughs and freeze frames. And Jonathan Frakes shows up and's like, what? <laughs> and everyone's like, who? Yeah, that's what happens. He, he directs TV shows. He does a lot of TV shows. He actually has directed some of the newest Star Trek episodes. Oh, Sofia Vergara is also in this in, in Emoji Movie. And that brings us back to Modern Family. Where his his he is grave robbed without being in the grave. 
I, I say this is money. You, you got money. You're leaving it on the table. Giving it for free. Well, that's uh, what what's we your do. last what's your last story? Uh, my last story is the weirdest story that I've heard in a millennia. <laughs> Weirder than the fact that the emoji movie is allowed in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um that sister sister uh-huh. the WB show starring Tia and Tamara Maori, uh, yep. Tim Reed, and that lady person who's very loud is Fran being booted. <laughs> Fran Drescher is being rebooted. Uh where the sister sisters, Tia and Tamara Maori, it's basically Fuller House. Oh, okay, so they're they're older and now they also have twins? Probably. They adopted two separate children that turned out to be twins. That that would be what I would do. Oh, that's interesting. But apparently they're doing this. They have their own children. And and Tim uh, Tim and Jack A is what her name is, are uh, the grandparents that uh, take care of everybody. Did you watch Sister, Sister? I did, actually. I watched Smart Guy, too. I don't think I've – I don't even know what Smart Guy is. I don't think. That was T and Tamara Maori's uh, – brother Taj Maori uh as a very genius kid who was like 10 grades above his uh, age I I think I was literally just just too old even though I'm only a year older than you just too old just like a touch too old to see sister sister I did see Moesha I watched Moesha I watched in living color uh Fresh Prince all the black shows Grant I watched all of them in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. Chilling out, maxing and all cool. Chilling out, people are at, so it's cool with a couple of guys. I can't, I can't pay Will Smith for the rights for this. <laughs> did you, did right. you watch SNL this weekend? No, although I did see the sketch that everyone was talking about this morning. It was like a nine-minute sketch about Will Smith and, oh, and Fresh one. Prince. And I was like, this is horrible. Okay. I saw the game show one where they broke character. Oh, that was stupid. Everyone's saying it's great. One of the best sketches of the year. No, Sam Rockwell. His episode. He said the F word, Grant. I know he did. He's only the have... eighth person to say the F word on yeah, live I... on air on, on yeah, SNL. I, I, I rocketed to instant hard. He's never going to be invited back, is he? My wang fired up into the sky and like exploded into beautiful colors. I have to say, the fact that on cable news this past week that every host, and almost gleefully so, was able to say shithole like constantly, how how much further are we really from the the networks being able to say that, but also just say the f word after ten p.m. Well, why can't um, the late night shows? on uh, CBS and NBC. So Colbert and Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon doesn't exist because he's a horrible person that should never be on TV. (laughs) Okay. So Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert, why can't they say shit after 11.30? Come on. Yeah, it seems very arbitrary in many cases. Grant, what have you been watching? All right. Let me scroll down. Oh, we, we got through... All but three topics. I know. We're running long, and I have a party I need to get to. So let's uh, okay. <laughs> let's finish what this. I'm, what I'm going to do is really quickly, Mark Wahlberg gave $2 million to Time's Up. 
for the so pay discrepancy just, of just the show. So Time's Up was the one that was directed by Ridley Scott, who did have Kevin Spacey in it. Not and then Time's just, Up. No, no, no. Time's Up different? is the woman. Women don't want you to be a like just shove your cock in their yeah, back anymore. The reason why he's giving that money is because there was that pay discrepancy. All the money in the world, yeah. For all, all the money in the world. world, which was the one that Kevin Spacey was coast or like whatever he was in yeah. that movie. And they had to do a reshoot. Yeah. And they reshot and then, it with Christopher Plummer, and so they had to bring I, back Mark Wahlberg and um, Michelle Williams. Michelle I'm Williams. I'm trying to do this quickly, and you're making it longer. I'm just saying I want context because if you just breeze past it, then people are gonna be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. I just want to get rid of these topics because we're never going to come back to them ever. Uh, Dark Universe is on life support because uh, they are apparently pursuing The Bride of Frankenstein. They've also made three really bad movies. So maybe that's part of it too. The Mummy. Uh, That was the third time they've tried to make The Dark Universe a thing. No, twice. Uh, uh, Dracula Begins. Yeah, and and then then I Frankenstein. Wasn't it I Frankenstein supposed to be part of that too? No. Okay. That was a whole different – that was a comic book adaptation. And then Creed II lands Romanian boxer Florian Montanu as Ivan Drago's son. And Creed II is going to be garbage. Yeah, I'm really disappointed by that. I love the fact that even though it honored the originals, that they really tried to do their own kind of thing with Creed. I don't want it just to be like, remember this thing we did in Rocky? We're going to do it again now. All right. Doesn't Speaking of Rocky, I watched Stop or Your Mom Will Shoot. That's Which amazing. I think is a very guilty pleasure because Estelle Getty is a national treasure no matter how long she's been dead. Didn't you, Estelle, you, you made me watch that one with Stallone and Patrick Swayze. What is that one called? Tango and Cash, man. Tango I love Cash. that movie. I know. You made me watch that uh, years ago when we first started doing this podcast. Uh, I watched Molly's Game with Jessica Chastain. Yeah. It's okay, but I uh, the performance of Kevin Costner, we're almost in a costner essence <laughs> because I think, uh, thanks to Superman, I think he's coming back right. strong. We'll see. Uh, I watched I, Tanya, Yeah. Which uh, Sebastian Stan is in, which is the second figure skating movie he's been in in recent years because he was in The Bronze. What I want is, by the way, in the bronze is the most amazing sex scene ever on film. Does it involve William Fichtner in any way? Uh, I think he plays the cock. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm interested. Um, uh, so I, Tanya, was really fun. Uh, I saw Commuter, which was serviceable. I saw uh, 12 Strong Today This Morning, which was a movie. And... One of the things I really want to talk about is Reefer Madness, the movie musical, which is just glorious. Um, it's based on the Reefer Madness movie from the early 50s that was right. produced basically by um, Hearst. Propaganda so that we would not smoke marijuana. And they wouldn't use hemp to make paper because Hearst had paper mills based on uh, plants. Right. And you could use hemp to make paper significantly cheaper. Now, I'm also pretty sure – so Reefer Madness was the original movie in the 50s. And yes. I'm pretty sure they did make a musical that went on Broadway. No, off-Broadway. It was off-Broadway. Okay. Kind of like um, Little Shop of Horrors. But it was uh, originally starred Nev Campbell's brother, Christian Campbell. And this movie stars Christian Campbell – and 
Kristen Bell, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, Nev Campbell shows up. Steven Weber, who I love. Yeah, I absolutely love Steven love Weber. Steven and Anna Gasteyer are oh, all in this movie. I love and Anna Gasteyer, too. And you know who we both love? Um, no, who? Alan Cummings. Oh, right. I honestly thought you were about to say Alan Alda. I was about to lose my mind. <laughs> well, no, we, we both also love Alan Alda. Yeah, but yeah. Alan Cummings is... In the movie, he's basically the lead. He's basically playing the MC of the cabaret of Reefer Madness, which, by the way, he played the MC of cabaret. And I would, I would pay a, like Multiple my times, life savings. Yeah, yeah I think he's reprised it a couple of times on Broadway too. Since then, he's he's considered one of the best, one of the best roles he's done. Um, I was in cabaret, by the way, and, who did and you I play? tried to. Be, I I was Herr Schultz. Oh, Herr so Schultz. I try, I wanted to be. Um, the MC. I wanted to control the show, but I think I was too hairy. Little fun fact for you about that MC role. Uh, so the original MC on Broadway was Joel Gray, and yeah. who the father-in-law father of, uh, of, um, of who? Well, no, the not father-in-law, but father of Jennifer Gray, who was in yeah, Dirty Dancing. Yeah, father-in-law of Clark Gregg, who is Coulson. Oh, that's right. Um, but Joel Grey, who came out actually gay years later, that's neither here nor there. The fun what? fact I'm trying to say. The, the what? fun fa- the f- what? Yeah. That's not obvious. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, sorry. The fun fact I'm really trying to lead up to here. Joel Grey won a Tony Award for playing the MC, And then when they made the movie that starred Eliza Minnelli, he also won an Oscar for doing only the same person. role. Which is, no, I think there's only one other person who's been able to do that. Who's won a Tony and an Oscar for the same role? And if you ask me who that the other person was, I couldn't tell you because I can't remember. But I'm pretty sure there's one other person who's done that. Anyways, fun fact for Jose those. Jose Ferrer. And what did he do? Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac. There we go. I knew there was at least Shirley one other Booth. person. Yule Brenner. There's a lot. Oh, for the King and I. Yeah, yeah. Real Brenner did it for the King and I. Grant, I don't have a lot of time to watch stuff anymore, which which bums me out. I think I told you this last episode where in 2017 I watched 62 films, and in 2016 I'd watched only like 160 something films. So, well, yeah, really in 2016 down. I watched 300, like 500, no, 600, no, 700. You did not watch 700 films. Let's, let's yeah, I watched BS. two a day. I watched two a day. Yeah, but not every day. I don't believe you. Anyways, yeah. Um, Look at well, Letterbox, bitch. Okay, you just make up most of those things. <laughs> you watched Stop or My Mom Will Shoot five times in a row? How could you do this? No, I, I haven't watched it for like 15, 20 years. Uh, anyways, the only thing I've really had a chance to do is watch Black Mirror. And I've only seen the first Wait, four what, episodes okay. of Black Mirror. You, you and I have to do a commentary for uh, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> sure, we'll do Kindergarten Cop. Done. Um, done. Black it's Mirror done. is one of my favorite shows. I think that it offers some really interesting tidbits. It's our modern-day Twilight Zone. I do think, I, I will be upfront that not every episode is a home run. And out of the four that I've seen so far, there's the first one that's called the USS Callister, which so far is still my favorite episode that they've done this season, which is kind of this both a send-up of Star Trek, original Star Trek, but also a really interesting meditation on... Um, online avatars and uh, male aggression in many ways. Anyways, still my favorite. I think that there's some strong episodes that have already aired or uh, been the ones I've seen. The, the one called Crocodile 
I think is just really heartbreaking and really, really bleak. It's probably the bleakest one of this new season. The one I just watched before coming onto this call was Hang the DJ, and I profess my love for San Junipero. This is kind of a companion piece in many ways. San Junipero I still think is much, much better, but this is kind of an alternate take on kind of the same idea. And then the the episode that Jodie Foster directed, which is called Archangel, um, as much as I loved the concept, I loved the concept and I loved the idea behind it, I think they wasted the potential of it. I don't think they really did anything interesting at all with this really fascinating concept that they brought out, which was what happens if you as a parent, you're meaning very well, but decide to never allow your child to see violence. What happens? So it's it's an interesting take on overparenting and underparenting at the same exact time. I've been told that the very last episode called Black Museum is a oh. really interesting take on the whole Black Mirror mythos. That's I think they somehow like bring in other mm. shows, like other episodes, kind of all into in the same one. Is what I've well, heard. Well, do, do you know what Black Museum uh, is a reference to? No. Well, first. Let me start by going back a little bit. And you've not Orson seen a single w- episode of Black Mirror, correct? No, I've seen a bunch. Okay. I've only seen the Callister episode of this season, though. Um, but let's go back a little bit to Orson Welles. Uh, he hosted a radio show called The Black Museum. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he did where the, he... The, uh, he uh, what was his name? It wasn't Cole. Anyways, doesn't matter. Keep going. Uh, where he would be like, this rope... Was used to kill. This rope was used to kill Margaret Thatcher. And, you know, they you, would do. You, you a whole... got his intonation perfect, by the way. That was great. <clears throat> and they would do a whole episode on these, like, artifacts of murder. And it was fantastic. I, when I was a kid, I didn't listen to music. I listened to old time radio, like, constantly. Really? So oh, I, that's interesting. Yeah. That, that, I think, I think that showcases how I came to be who I am, really. That was Quick a question then. Comment. Do you listen to any fictional podcasts? Not, like, fictional? No. I, I listen to a lot of nonfiction. That's interesting then. I would have thought that you would have so gravitated to a lot of the interesting, like, fiction podcasts that are out there. Well, no. Like, the, the Black Museum was focused on uh, nonfiction. Oh, I see and what you're saying. I'm, I'm, gotcha. I'm doing the Atlanta Monster right now, uh, which is about an Atlantan... Uh, serial killer of young black boys. Hmm. Fantastic uh, podcast. Uh, anyways, and then the basis for the Black Museum radio show was Scotland Yard had a literal murder museum called the Black Museum. So they would use the 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 tools of the trade in the Black Museum, the actual Black Museum, to be the basis for the TV show or the radio show. I mean, I'm sure that some of it was embellished and I'm sure that some of it was made up, but sure. When I was, when I was a kid, I thought it was all non-real. Yeah. Yeah. I remember getting nightmares because I used to listen to this show called X minus one, which was like a science fiction, but kind of like a horror show too. And I would get nightmares every time I listened to it, but I would still listen to it. That's like me watching Unsolved Mysteries as a kid. I still wanted to watch it every week, but was terrified after I'd seen it. The the great thing about the the radio channel that I would listen to is that they would do the 
War of the Worlds every year. Mm-hmm. So I've I've listened to the War of the Worlds probably about fifteen times from start to finish. Not a single time have I ever listened to that. I love it. But I'm also I also have a hard on for Orson. So yeah, Orson has a great voice, and he was yeah he was a great talent. Um, I've also heard though from that radio broadcast, it's a little bit overblown that people really thought that aliens were attacking. That there might be some pockets there, but it wasn't like widespread panic like is. Well, they 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 still they still did commercials right during the broadcast. So anyone that was uh, upset over what was going on is clearly an idiot. Um, well, I know who's not an idiot, Grant, is Tyler Forrest Hauser, who has done all the music. I was about to say, music. Ed O'Neill, Ed O'Neill. Also Ed O'Neill, but Ed O'Neill is not like Tyler Forrest Hauser, who created all the music that you heard in this year, week's episode, and in every episode of our podcast. Um, this has been whatever this is. Like I said, we were two guys trying to discover whatever this is. Did we discover anything this week? What is it this week, Grant? Anything that has a live studio audience should go fuck itself. And William Fickner makes a majestic penis. Just oh, so you my know. God. The dome of the penis. <laughs> just, it's not the head. The glands. The, head. the glands of the, the penis is dome. just beautiful. Um, and his labia. Don't forget the labia. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, parental complaints. You can do so by going and sending us an email at whateverpod at gmail.com. You can also... Well, you know what? I, I force every single one of my nephews... To listen to this show. That's unfortunate. So, so we're probably going to get a lot of complaints. You can also get in contact with us over on Facebook.com slash WhateverPod or on Twitter at Twitter.com slash WhateverPod. My own personal Twitter is at the Kyle Marshall. That's Marshall with two L's. Grant, what's your Twitter? Twitter.com slash Fegimans. You know, when I tell people when when they read Fejimans, F-E-J-I-M-A-N-Z, or Zed, depending upon what country you're in, they don't get – it's like Fiji Mangs? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's like Fiji like veggie, you know? <laughs> and I, I try and – I think it I, – I think Fejimans looks exactly like it should sound to right, me. Because right. like man is in there and then there's just a Z at the end. And Fedgy, it's F-E-J-I. Fedgy, right? Yeah, no, I get it. Where, where does Fiji come from? Like, Fiji is F-I-J-I. I guess this is the first time you just come across it. I saw this really hilarious tweet that I can now not accredit to anyone. But it was like, <laughs> hyperspace, but pronounced like Versace. And then you go back, it's like, oh, it's hyperspachi. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, Grant. Yes. You were at this movie earlier today. <laughs> yeah. 12 Strong. 12 Strong. Uh-huh. Did you see any uh, interesting theater etiquette? Well, okay. Like, if if we're going to talk about anything, let's talk about my dad. <laughs> okay, sure. Let's strap in, everyone. Um, my, my dad walks with a cane. Uh-huh. Uh, he's 83 years old. You mentioned... He had me when he was 50. Mm-hmm. Let's first of all agree that you should never have children after like 40. <laughs> after like after like 23, really. 
Well, I'm 33. I, I am I am uh, 33 years old and 11 months exactly. February 21st. This is January 21st when we're recording. February 21st is my birthday, so I'll be 34. And he and you'll be presents. 75. I'll be 75 years old. No, I'm turning 35 this year. Well, I thought you were born the first year that Supernatural came on the air. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm 95 years old this year. No. 365 actually 365 yeah you have a year for every day a year for every day of the year Mm -hmm. um you and jensen eccles you know went to college together jared padalecki came in later he was a transfer student you guys he was was the bad boy you guys had but well he had long hair yeah yeah long hair equals bad boy but anyways my dad has a cane right so he's sitting in his chair and this is him sitting in his chair. I'm going to see if I can recreate the Do some sound. foley for me. Do some foley for yeah. me. Okay. Phone over here. I'm going to turn the microphone over here. Okay, here we go. That's, that's what it sounds like sitting next to him. He's just constantly doing that? He's just pounding his uh, cane into the floor. Why? I don't know. So, okay. like, I remember one time we were driving to Vegas, and he just kept playing with the uh, emergency brake little button. Oh, boy. That would that would drive me nuts. So it's like three hours of... <laughs> so I, I, oh, God. I, I, I let him do the banging during the trailers. I was like, oh, whatever. Whatever. Let and him was, do his thing. And then I forgot that it was... Uh, that it was uh, a premier movie, you know. This was the opening weekend, so that's like twenty, twenty-five minutes of trailers. Sure. Where if it's like the the second weekend, third weekend, fourth weekend, it's normally fifteen minutes of trailers. Yeah. Anyways, so once the movie started, I grabbed the cane and I said, "No more." And what did he do? What did he, how did he respond to that? Well, he uh, pounded the cane. Like six times during the movie. Okay. He did like three in a row and I grabbed the cane again. And then he did three more interspersed over like 90 minutes. Did you just steal the cane from him? I've done that that? before. During the movie Lincoln, right? Uh My brother Kyle, my dad and I were there. Uh, Because the movie theater was full, my brother Kyle and dad sat behind me. So I was directly in front of my dad. I was in the handicapped, like a person that accompanies a handicapped person right. seat. So I was in a lone seat. There was nobody around me. There was just one seat. And my dad had a popcorn. And you know how much I hate popcorn during movies. Sure. Although I get them for some movies. So, go on. So he's like, <laughs> <laughs> just cookie monstering that <laughs> completely. Yeah. And so he finishes the popcorn and he puts the bag under his seat. And then it's 20 minutes of him kicking the bag to try and get it further under his seat. <laughs> and then eventually I get up and I just – I go back. I grab the bag. I run out of the theater. I throw it away and I come back and sit down. I was so – just imagine how pissed off I was. I was, sure, I yeah. was epically pissed off. You I were about noise. to shoot somebody in a theater. That's how mad you were at watching Lincoln with your dad. Yeah, dressed up as Lincoln, as uh-huh. you would. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, like, I don't mind going to Up and children making noise. That is my 
that is the the risk you take going to a G-rated movie. Sure. But I'm going to Lincoln. And I just want to end with this. I've said it before on the podcast. But my dad... And I'll I'll say it again. No old people allowed at theaters. (laughs) I was going to say I love being a turtle. But um, what I will say is my dad said, see, Republicans do good things. And I just yelled at him, Abraham Lincoln wouldn't be a Republican today. And I'm sure that was a valid piece of discourse that you started to have with your dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, my 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 uh, my therapist Jennifer has told me never speak of politics with my dad ever. Uh-huh. So I told my dad we can't speak about politics ever again. So he doesn't bring it up anymore. So he never mentions politics. Like we're, but today I told him about the real. Like we talked before the podcast about how I have to get a new ID. Yeah. To uh, travel domestically, it's called the real ID. Yeah, I told I told my dad about that at lunch, and he says that's probably so the illegal immigrants can get new IDs. Uh-huh. And I'm like, actually, it's so they can't. I need to produce a birth certificate, a social security number, you know, proof of residence in in the state that I'm in, and then get the ID. But my dad's a racist, so what are you gonna do? Always be racist, I guess.